Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 201, Higher Mind Calling. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. It's good to be with you. And I think we all breathe a sigh of relief once we move beyond that conjunction between Mars and Uranus and the North Node. And there was a grand square around the same time, including Saturn and Mercury. But, you know, everything hasn't settled down. And if we think this is good, now that's over, we can all breathe out. I think you may be missing out on some of the information that's out there. Again, there's lots of information, but there are going to be changes coming to our financial system, our nature, the climate, to what we eat, how we eat, how we move around. So all of those Taurian ideas continue. And I think we must not step back and just say it's all settled now. At the same time, because of that Saturn and Mercury involved last week, I see that there's going to be more and more information coming out concerning things that have been happening underground uh, in what we might call the unconscious or the subconscious realms. And this was really the reason why I decided to talk about the higher mind, because it feels as if there are many different aspects of our consciousness being awakened at this time. And that consciousness doesn't just exist in our brain. Let me say up front, it's as if I was to take the back of an old TV or look at my computer and say, ah, now I can see where that particular thought was or that particular feeling was. All that our brain and our TV or computer are designed to do is to be able to input information and then translate it and output it. And so I don't think looking at the brain is going to tell me much about consciousness. It can tell me, as I say, where it's stored, or even the fact that this was used in order to change that from a signal into an image, but that's it. So when we're talking about consciousness, I'm going to step outside the brain, if that's okay with you. And you might say, well, what about the mind? And I sense that they are somewhat the same. So I I don't want to just see the mind as living within my brain. If we look at what is alive, what is sentient, what has got a life force in it, then my whole being is part of my mind because the mind is, what is that that I am conscious of? And is it just my brain that's conscious? No, I I can feel things in my fingers. I can feel things in my toes. I can feel something in my energy system. I can feel when I'm hungry. So my consciousness and my mind, I believe, is, is everywhere. But what we're going to talk about are different levels of that consciousness, and that's what's important. But I think I'm going to start by saying, what are we here for? Yes, it's always a good question. And I sense that we have different levels of our consciousness that are helping us to know who we are. And that may be our ultimate purpose of being here on this planet. Who am I? 
man know thyself. So as I may have described before, our higher mind is the part of us that has the blueprint, the plan. Someone's got the plan, thank goodness. And our higher mind carries that plan and says, okay, this is what Christine has chosen. I'm going to say I chose, has chosen to experience in this life. It doesn't give me all the facts and the details, but the overview, this is what Christine wishes to explore and learn about herself. And that higher mind holds me to that particular plan. And so when I have an inspiration, I'm inspired to do something, or I have an aha moment, or I get excited by something, because it's like, oh, that could be interesting. Again, Gemini interest, that's me. I therefore know that my higher mind is saying, she's on track. This is the plan. And when I feel bored or, okay, I know how to do it, but I'm not actually learning anything or growing from doing this, it's probably that I've learned all that I can from that experience, maybe that work experience or that relationship, time to move on to another part of my higher mind. Now, you've heard me speak about this in terms of how I see us as our soul being in the center of a flower and all those petals being all those different aspects or personalities of Christine that are going to have an experience. So my higher mind holds that blueprint of look at all the possibilities that Christine could have in order to know herself. So we, we say it's not just by having one experience that you know yourself. Often we need them several times because we don't always understand them. Or we could do it in several different ways. And I think that's true when I'm looking in, at an astrology chart, when I'm offering a soul reading or a seminar. Yes, in astrology, we can say, well, you could have that experience, uh, but that could come out in many ways. And I remember a couple of times when I've had an astrology reading and it was the day after I had just published my book called Beyond the Obvious, which is on intuition. And this astrology reading, which was computerized, but it had also been created by someone who I admire in the astrology world, said, you will never, ever be intuitive. Your logical mind, right, all my planets in Gemini, were always going to stop being logical. They would just be, I'd be logical. And I had to laugh because it had taken this idea that Gemini is about accessing information and sharing that information, but it limited it to information, I would say, on this physical plane, where, as some of you know, I'm able to access information from many different dimensions and planes. So we can look at something like an astrology, we can say this is what's going to happen, but we can sometimes miss the mark if we limit how our body or how our soul says there are many possibilities for that higher mind plan to be expressed. Does that make sense? Now I could come from another of my readings, which was a medium reading. Yes, I, again, I met many wonderful psychics in my world and my life. And I admired, again, this woman very much. And she said, oh, you're going to give birth and you're going to have a baby. Well, this was probably uh, in my 40s and I was not thinking of having a baby. But hey, 
I'd again just produced another book. So, yes, I have given birth to many different creative expression of myself. For some people, that might be through a child. For me, it was through my books or my teachings. So again, even though I go for a reading or I have someone who I really admire for their gifts, it's always to take it with a, not a pinch of salt, but to recognize there are many ways in which our higher mind can express the wholeness of who is Christine. All right. So first of all, I get the idea, and I'm going to use the chakra system because it's so familiar to me, is that our higher mind is above our crown chakra. So the crown chakra being, one would say about, um, I'm going to say nine inches. Now I'm not being able to convert into centimeters, I'm sorry, but about nine inches, about the normal space I find for the crown chakra. It's connected to the pineal gland. And I know there's some who think that it, that pineal gland is in the third eye, but it really is at the crown. And the pineal gland is this wonderful uh, structure designed in what we call the golden mean, this creative insight. This golden mean is what is creative, what can be transformed, created. So the, the fact that pineal gland is actually relates to the pine cone, if you've ever seen a pine cone, it is uh, created in what we call uh, Fibonacci numbers or the pine or the golden mean. It has this ability to expand us. And that expansion is really important when above our crown chakra is what I would call the stargate. That's probably a good word for it. Much, much higher than our crown chakra. And it's through that stargate, that portal, that our higher mind accesses what we could say our consciousness of this existence. So our higher mind stays outside our physical body. It doesn't incarnate, as we might say. But between our stargate and then our crown chakra, there's like a ladder. This is where I always think Jacob's ladder, if you ever were brought up with that teaching, it's almost like the angels ascend and descend from our crown chakra to our stargate. So we could say that our higher mind talks to us through that stargate and then the information that comes down through our high mind is translated into a format that Christine's brain or Christine's consciousness can accept at that time. Now, again, I shouldn't have used the word brain, but what I will say is there are times where our higher mind be, may be knocking on the door and we are just like, I can't cope with that at the moment. I'm not ready for it. Or we may just feel overwhelmed and we'll say later. And I like to use the analogy, it's like someone giving you a book to read on some wonderful subject, but you're like, I'm not ready for that. Put it on the shelf. And then five years later, you go, wow, what a fantastic book. It's not the book that's changed. It's our openness to receiving that information. And there's nothing wrong with saying I'm not ready. <laughs> it's often that the circumstances need to change. We, our timing is not right for that. All right. So we receive this information through the crown chakra. We bring it through our third eye, which visualizes it. We take it through our dream center, which is at the back of our head, our alter major. And the dream then center makes it into, one could say, an image. So we've, we've kind of visualized it in our third eye, but not in its three-dimensional status. So that wonderful alter major at the back of our head says, okay, here's the plan. This is how it's going to look. 
And then we bring it down to our throat chakra, which then is the place where we are going to express that from. It's like, okay, this is how it's going to appear. And in many ways, that throat chakra is working as a, a logical expression. And I use that. It's like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to look. We, we give voice to it. And we might give voice to it in a prayer. We might give it with some sort of energy. We say, yes, I'm going to do this. And once that throat chakra has accepted it, it moves down through our body. Our heart says, oh, yes, I recognize this. I'm in resonance with it. And it moves into the solar plexus where we say, okay, what emotions do I need to, to manifest this idea? So there is a difference between emotions and feelings. Emotions are energy in motion. Feelings are what comes back to me. So the emotions are the energy used to manifest something. The feelings are, how do I feel about what I've just created? The same idea is our beliefs or come down through our, our understanding, this higher mind drops this idea into our awareness but it's our thoughts that then observe it afterwards. So here I've got it coming down into the solar plexus. I say, what emotions, in other words, what frequency do I want to apply to this intention to manifest this reality? Okay, we're going well. We then may nurture it in our, in our sacral chakra and through our base chakra, we say, okay, here it comes. And we make it a reality. And hopefully we root it into the world. Then, once we've seen our reality that we've created, we reverse the situation. Okay, this is what I saw. This is what I felt. This is what, and we literally unpack what we created. And we bring it up back to the throat chakra and we say, okay, what beliefs have I experienced? What did I, what wisdom did I learn because of what I've just done? What did I learn about myself? Of course, because that's the only world there is. Everything else is a hologram. So what did I learn about myself? What did I learn about maybe the world about me, but in relationship to me? And finally, we send that message back out to through the crown chakra, back out to the higher self and the higher mind. And the higher mind says, ah, she got it. Because really the purpose of our higher mind is to be a reflector of our experiences. So it both is the creator, but in seeing that created, it is the reflector and says, you got it. And so that's why we might use words like, oh, I get it. Oh, I see the light. And we see it because something that was dropped into our consciousness suddenly becomes clear to us. And it's like, okay, now I know. And we've all had those experiences where we've literally, we could say our consciousness grew substantially because of an experience we had. It's not the thought that created that aha. It's the fact that we saw what we were doing or we saw what we don't want to do anymore. Isn't that true? So sometimes we have an experience and we may go, wow, now I'm seeing that I am an author. <laughs> I'm a writer because I see my book in front of me. Other times we're like, whoa, I see I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. And again, our higher mind goes, yay, she got it. She's not an idiot. <laughs> so we have that passageway that passes through that. Now, what's the difference between the higher mind and the conscious mind? I'm just going to use those two. 
The higher mind, as I say, sees everything, sees what's possible. The conscious mind is a very small part of our mind. It's where are we focusing? And obviously in the middle of these two I'm about to talk about is the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is about 95% of our whole consciousness. Our conscious mind is about 5%. So our conscious mind is just saying, okay, she's out there. It doesn't really multitask very well. It does one thing. It focuses on one thing. <laughs> and it's getting feedback from our five senses. So as we're, we're eating a meal, we may be actually thinking of doing other things, but there's, there's one place that our mind is focused on, our conscious mind. And you might say, where is your mind? Oh, I'm actually focusing on, my, on the job I've just done or I, my work day, I'm focusing on this. It, it actually is a place that our mind can go to. It's, in other words, it doesn't have to be physical, but it is where is your mind now? That would be a good way of me saying it. Where is your mind now? Oh, well, it's off here. And if I said to you, um, okay, so you're thinking about your work day, what emotions or what feelings do you have? Well, you know, tell me about it, I might say. And you'll say, well, you know, it was two o'clock in the afternoon, the sun was pouring in, I was sitting in my seat, I was really hungry, but actually I, I did eat something, but I was wondering if I should have had more for food. In other words, we can use our senses, our our taste, our touch, our smell, our heat, you know, is it hot? We use those even in what we might say a moment that has passed. All right. So what we understand is that our consciousness has the brain cells, and I'll come back to the brain. The brain does not differentiate between where my consciousness is, whether it's so-called in the now, real, or in the past or future. So as I'm describing that, my same part of my brain that might describe, I don't know, sitting in a hot office is as exactly replicated whether I'm sitting in that hot office or I'm actually just thinking about it. Okay, so our conscious mind takes us many places and as I say, does not have to be in the present moment, somewhat of an issue. Because what then can happen is that we can get lost in our subconscious mind. Now, our subconscious mind is huge. Our subconscious contains all the information. One could say past, present, future, our likes, our dislikes, what makes us tick. It's literally where our personality, we could say, comes out through. This is, it contains a massive amount of information. And our purpose of our subconscious mind is to actually act as a healthy filter between this higher mind and one could say my conscious mind. That's what it's meant to do. And it might be saying, you know, yes, Christine can receive that book now, but she's going to put it on a shelf because she's not ready for it. So our subconscious mind is not negative. It's just it understands me. And it's saying, yeah, I, I understand higher mind that you want her to experience this, but that's just going to be too much. And that is, it's like a, a friendly guide, except what it's done is it started to control how we live our life. And that's especially influenced if we've been traumatized. 
So I'm saying in a healthy way, we can use our subconscious to say, oh, not, not at this moment, maybe a little later, blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that has been learned through studying the mind is that if someone is under too much trauma and it makes them feel that they have no control on their life, they feel helpless, then the subconscious mind will become the controller of what it allows in and what it doesn't. And what then happens, again, returning to the chakras, is the higher mind tries to drop an idea in, gets to the throat chakra, and the throat chakra says, no way am I letting that in, and the idea disappears back out again. And what happens is the throat chakra then becomes, and I could call this the sort of controller of the subconscious. I'm sorry if I'm mixing my metaphors. But then the throat chakra becomes controlled by that subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind, you might call it your feeling body, is saying, I can't deal with anymore. I can't deal with anymore. So your, your throat chakra says, don't worry, I'll take care of this. And it tries to take on the, the, the control of what we will or will not receive. And it then thinks that it can control this. So the throat chakra is very much about rather than just swallowing, as I would say, receiving that information, it will say, okay, if I have more information, then I might be able to deal with this. Or I, I can't do it now. Or it, let me ask more questions. So the throat chakra tries to control the outcome because it feels so overwhelming to allow anything in that may cause grief to our survival, uh, cause more abuse. It wants more information. So it will say something like, can you promise me that if I do this, everything's going to be fine? Can you guarantee that everything will be okay. Can you? Can I control the fact that someone won't die if I do this? Can you? And then of course, the throat chakra can't, can't do that. It's not geared to do that. Its purpose is just to literally take these bigger issues or bigger ideas and just funnel it down so it comes through our conscious mind. So it, it doesn't have the ability to see the bigger picture. And when it tries to do that, it literally creates more confusion. It tries to say, I can control what's happening. No, you know, you can't. So when someone, if we ask someone, well, I know you're feeling very anxious, what would that anxiousness be about? Well, what if? What if this happens? What if this happens? That's the throat chakra just trying to come up with, can you guarantee me it won't happen? And the answer is no, I can't. And that's not what the throat chakra wants to hear. It wants to hear that there's some very logical mechanism by which you won't feel worse than you are. And by disconnecting someone from that level of higher mind awareness, and what I'm going to say from the, from the heart chakra, people find themselves running around with these free-floating anxieties, this this understanding that just tell me what to do that's what the throat chakra just tell me what to do and I'll do it because I need you to take me away from this fear that I'm living so what happens is we become focused more on our fear-based beliefs rather than our wise and loving beliefs now we've all been there 
But when we are so controlled by what I'm going to say, throat chakra, solar plexus, base chakra, there is very little one can do to slow someone down. We can say, well, just meditate and calm yourself. But it's actually what we would say, as Einstein said, you can't change the problem at the level of creating. So if the creation has happened at the mind, it's the mind running wild, then saying, look, just think differently or think these nice thoughts, it's not going to happen because the mind can't actually control the mind at that level, at that subconscious level. Make sense? So what will change? Well, first of all, we need to bring the heart in. And the heart is this compassionate heart. It's not loving everybody. It's not saying I can decide what I'm going to enjoy or not. The heart actually says all of it exists. And it says to the mind, you can't judge or decide what is right and wrong. You have to accept that all of that exists. And it's only through connecting to our high mind can we make discern, we can achieve discernment and make choices as to knowing everything exists. You may die, someone else may die, this may happen. Once we stop saying, can I control that? And the answer is no. But what I can control, I can make choices as to which direction I want to go in, knowing that all of that exists in, out there in the mind. And therefore, you start to say, what would be the most loving choice I could make? And what could be the wisest choice I could make? And making choices is the very thing that starts to bring the alignment of our higher mind, our subconscious mind, and our conscious mind into, into balance. I can make a choice. And then you might say, well, is it a higher mind choice? Well, at the moment, it may not be. It may just be a choice. I can choose to think this or not. And you might say, well, isn't that a thought process? No, it's a decision. It's a, something I'm going to do. I can choose, I don't know, uh, to, to take five minutes of just quietness. I can choose to go for a walk for five minutes. It brings us back into the alignment that we have choice. And that brings us back into the alignment that someone, some part of Christine is making that choice. And that's my higher mind. Okay. And when I apply my heart to that, I start to then say, okay, I'm going to make a choice. Now, how am I going to make that choice? Well, I'm going to make it through something that brings me pleasure, that's something that brings me love, that's something that brings me joy, that's something that brings me resonance so that we start to realize that what is good for us is something that we can actually see out there in the world. We might say, do you know, I, I saw that bird and I resonated with that hummingbird or that hummingbird was in my environment. In other words, what we do is that once we accept that everything exists, our heart chakra then starts to say, yes, everything exists, but what is the right thing for Christine? Or what is the thing that's going to bring her greatest joy? And that is what we call resonance. So we start to align ourselves to those things that bring us joy and not to those fear-based 
beliefs or those ones that tell us we should, must, or that have no joy in them at all. I'm not trying to make things too simplistic, I hope, but I am saying is tapping in, stopping, when we stop trying to control what is out there, but tune into what is good for us, it's a totally different story. So we start to say, well, actually, yes, I, I could do that, but do I want to? Or would that give me pleasure? And you might say, wow, life's not all about pleasure, but it's a start. Would I have that moment of joy? Would I have that moment of, of feeling that I'm following my bliss, my passion? This is why these words were used. And then the higher mind, which again knows who you are and why you're here, can be more directing. And we call that using our intuition. It, intuition is not just about a thought of doing something. It's also tied in with that heart chakra that says, and that could be fun or that could be joyful. So it's sort of a love and wisdom coming together. So the high mind says, okay, let's help Christine direct her in a certain direction. And I will know it's right because I'm feeling good about this. Remember, feeling is what am I receiving back? Now, I'll give you just a few last suggestions here. First, I just want to go back to Einstein. You can't fix the problem on the level it was created. Okay, the two levels you can work with are the higher mind. And if you are able to, I'll say, find a still point within you where your subconscious is quiet, then the, you can hear the higher mind. But it's not easy for everyone. And sometimes we will receive inspiration when we're doing something. That's what I often feel that if I can occupy my subconscious mind who loves doing things and knows how to do them, then I can hear my higher mind. So that's why we often get inspiration when we're in the shower or we're driving or we're cooking because our subconscious mind is like, oh, I know how to cook. I can peel these potatoes or I can drive. Subconscious mind is locked into all of those automatic functions that it's so good at. And I can hear the inspiration come through. Does that happen to you? I'll offer potter, potter around my garden. I don't even have to think about whether this is a weed or not. But in the pottering around the garden in the morning, I often get inspiration about what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. And the other way of doing it is to go into our bodies. So we can go to our higher mind or we can go right into our physical body. And that is where NLP was talking about act as if you're already there. So changing our body wisdom, our posture changes our mind. Wearing different clothes, wearing different colors, putting a watch on a different wrist, if you still wear a watch. Doing something different changes the mind. It, the subconscious goes, oh, where's she going? What's she going to do here? So again, you're dis distracting the subconscious from its normal pattern and allowing that higher mind to come through. So I hope this has helped you. There is so much help out there at the moment. When someone says to me, I don't know if I've got guides. Oh, my goodness. Everybody has so much guidance coming from the spirit world, coming from the star seed world, the star world, <laughs> um, the cosmic world. There are so many beings who don't just want to help us, but their existence is dependent on our progress. No more pressure on you, I hope. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is for us to fulfill our destiny, and you don't need to know what that is, 
but for you to open as many petals as you can in your flower is the way forward. And there are so many ways that are coming to us now that say it's time. I hope this has helped you. I hope you remain beautifully rooted and allowing that progress to pass through you, that creative progress that passes down into our earth to create and then comes back into our heart and our, our higher mind to say, I am more than I am. It's time. Until next time now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.